Well, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to our final episode with Pat. We're going to do a little bit about trends. We're going to talk about Medicare for a little bit, and then we're going to finish off with a little bit of story time with Pat. So let's go ahead and get into the finale of this interview. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. Now, do you guys allow dry needling in your guys' estate? I don't I know that actually because I've never encountered it at anywhere I've been. I, I've heard of people doing it, and I so I, I think there are parts of the state that do it, but I'm not sure, like billing or reimbursement wise, like whether if they're allowed to reimburse for it or what they're doing with that. So interesting. I'm not sure. Do you, I feel like Laura, it's definitely taking storm. Do you know Laura? Like, if it's not PT, who's doing them for dry needling or for what? Yeah, for dry needling. What do you mean if it's not like PT, who? Sorry. Like in California, PT doesn't do dry oh, needling. Does any chiropractor? So Cairo's um, doing it. It, okay. it goes. So, or sorry, no, 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 not Cairo's. Um, acupuncture. Sorry, acupuncture. That's why okay. California doesn't allow dry needling because of the fact. Again, this could have changed, but when I looked into it when I was in my undergrad, I think California doesn't allow dry needling because it has a specific rule that states that a PT or PTA, anybody in the physical therapy field, cannot stab with a sharp needle, a sharp object. That's the rule. And the rule was put in place because of the fact that acupuncturists were getting mad that they were kind of, they felt like they were being crossed into their zone. And so then there was kind of like a mutual agreement that came to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> By mutual, I mean, uh, one once I got their way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, we're out we- here. Um, it was, it, it was hard. Uh, it was, it was tried. It was one group did try to take it away. Um, however, though we fought for it, and then pretty much their whole reasoning of why um, PT shouldn't be able to do it was because of the fact that they weren't educated in it. Um, there was no mm-hmm. certification that was required. So out here now, you do require a certification because that's how they bypass it. They're like, fine. If you're saying like we can't do it because there's no we haven't gotten trained in it, we'll make a certification required to do it. And so that's uh, how PTs can do it out here in Nevada. So technically they need to be certified in dry needling to to perform it. And it is it, it, I would say it's BRF and dry needling are kind of like the the new the new techniques yeah. to current yeah. stuff. The trends. Um, to, yeah. The trends, which I think are going to stick around. Personally, I've had dry kneeling, and I think it's definitely going to stick around. I I find the benefits. Um, the BFR, I I like it, <laughs> but I I personally just I I felt the difference, so I think that's why. I don't think it's for everybody. I think it's one of those things yeah. we'll see come out occasionally, but it's definitely going to decrease the list that we see yeah. used on type thing. So I don't know. It's those a very definitely still want to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, oh no! It's to, definitely to me, good. it's a very high level, like a high level athlete thing. Like you're only going to use it on a very specific population. Yeah, like you're not going like, to use it on grandma, you know? Exactly. Like the thing is, or like I wouldn't even say high level. Like I would probably use it on like my age, all the way up to about probably even fifties. If they're having like a real like, for example, we're using it mine to um, load the tendon more but decrease the amount of repetition on the tendon for my Achilles. 
Um, and so like, it's, it's very beneficial that I can get to that end range exhaustion on it. Cause we're really yeah. working on that point. So like, I could see it definitely be beneficial on some of those repetitive motions you want to work, but not have to get to 50 repetitive motions before you yeah. start to feel it sure. type thing. So sure. I, I don't know. It all just depends. I think again, going through the courses, but do you guys have anything in Pennsylvania that you think are like the new it? No, treatment trending. or new trending the, the the big thing that we had at my original employer was a hot laser so that was like the big the big thing when i was working there intrigued uh yeah so they had what hot laser? And i know i know so i know I, there's i know there's a legit like hide because i know cold lasers were around like a long time ago because i know my mom's clinics had one at one point but the hot laser was like it almost was almost like a, um, it was almost like a wand that you held on to. It has like a glass ball in the end and it would basically like the laser would basically go through the glass ball and there would be a neat, that would be a byproduct of, of it. And they advertised that it basically like expediated like healing times of use in certain areas and stuff like that. Um, people liked it because it like if you uh, yeah because of the glass ball the heat and stuff like that it felt like you were getting like kind of like a warm stone massage type thing mm-hmm. um especially you found like a nice like trigger point in somebody's upper trap or something like that like you really kind of worked on it um i i felt like it kind of mixed results with it like i had one lady who we, i did on both of her knees and she was like i have a stage for four days and then other people i did it on they were like yeah you just you know kind of felt good while you're doing it but it really didn't give me by the elastic relief um yeah. insurance did not reimburse for it all so that clinic was really kind of it was an out-of-pocket expense for people so not a lot of people like went for it because you know it was there you know they want to they want to pay their copay in the first place like why would they buy an extra add-on you know for the laser so yeah yeah i know that makes sense i yeah i haven't heard of that one it sounds like almost yeah. like continuous ultrasound in a way where like is that heat that's just kind of penetrating yeah deeper. I so. felt I almost felt like doing an ultrasound because it was the same Motion. concept. Like when you were moving it around, yeah, you didn't want to stop and just hold it on one spot or else you'd actually burn the patient. So when they were <laughs> the company that sold us the unit, like was teaching us how to do it, it was the exact same thing. Like where you just want to keep moving it around and you don't want to stay on one area for too long. And, you know, all yeah. that fun stuff. Any other uh, trends that you're kind of seeing in outpatient there? No, that was probably the big, the, the, the most recent one that I've seen. I mean, like I, there, I did see my previous employers of VFR, like one or two of the clinics that I did PRN for, um, nothing specific, I've seen, unless you're, unless you're talking about more than modalities, I mean, I, yeah, at least no, modality even, wise, it's, yeah. even, uh, even non-modalities like, uh, any trends with manual or exercises or anything like that. Um. I, I was gonna say none that I've really none that I can think of uh, none that's yeah I'm really drawing a blank here like nothing specific I mean if anything it's you know, just insurance companies changing the rules on us all the time but um, mm-hmm. yeah I, I really haven't really can't think of anything specifics you know other than oh I know that and I know the big the big the insurance deal is the the fifty percent uh, PTA cut that Medicare is currently installing right so a lot of insurances are adapting that. And we have like a big, you know, thing on our schedule that says 50% on it. So we know of that patient as that has an insurance that will do that. So 
or we've been trying to schedule around that and try to keep those people on the PT schedule if we can help it. But yeah. Um, have you yeah, heard of any like pay cuts from any companies for PTAs? No, not specifically. No. Oh, thank goodness. We've I been like we've been trying we've been trying to combat that by trying to keep all those fifteen percent cuts on the PT schedule. And then I don't know if you guys work if your companies work the same way where a lot of commercial insurances don't have the rules for of billing for Medicare, whereas like your Medicare is like you're only got a bill for that slide. Whereas yeah. if you have like multiple commercial insurances on top of one another, there are no it rules for that. So like if they if they bleed into one another, then you're still got bills for the whole time that person's there. So my schedule has been a lot of those commercial insurances or as many as we can sit on my schedule because that you're not losing the 15% and then you can still bill fully for all those people. So sounds yeah, like the we'll rules are pretty do... similar out there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like we've, uh, our APTA has done a really good job of stopping the insurances from cutting the 15%. Um, not Medicare in particular, but like, I know for a fact that there was quite a few out here for the Nevada insurances that wanted mm-hmm. to do it. And they came in and yeah. said, don't you dare. And they actually put a stop to it. So they didn't okay. adapt the Medicare rules. Of course we saw Medicare that does it. Um, with my clinic, we're very small. And when I was in even my smaller clinic, it's very easy to be like, Hey, you know, my PT might have a Medicare and a a commercial and so she'd stick them on the bike but she's like do you mind taking supervision for the bike or hey i may set them up on this exercise but you take the rest of the supervision so we kind of would split treatment so that way you know sure um billing was a little bit better not that they got any worse treatment or anything like that or i'd help out here and there they would still have them on their schedule but you know i keep bigger tabs and eyes on for the bigger minutes and that kind of stuff when 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 appropriate so um, we, we kind of play the same with that for a little us. Bit. I think for yeah. the most part, it'll stay with the PTs, but because we're so lean heavy, like I think 90% of our patients are all attorney leans, then that one doesn't really matter. But if we do have yeah. an open slot on a PT and it's Medicare, then we'll definitely shift it over just because sure. the 15%. But I think we've, like, when it first started, we've heard a couple clinics were reducing PTA salaries by like 8% or so. Just oh, wow. to make up the difference for yeah. that 15% cut. Oh, geez. I definitely have not heard of that anywhere here. So thankfully Thank for goodness. everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard of that, thankfully. But yeah. Um, was there anything? I know we kind of hit that time mark. Um, anything else you'd love to share? Uh, we really appreciate you coming on and getting giving another insight. Because I know me and Ken have our outpatient experiences. And so it's also awesome to hear from someone else and that's not in the same state. Um, sure. Kind of ideas, but anything else you want to kind of add? Make sure we got in. <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, I mean, I, so I did have an answer. So one of the questions that was on the, uh, the previous sheet was a difficult mm-hmm. case, right? Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. So yeah, everybody's got some good war stories, right? Uh, um, so the one, the, the, one of the, that I immediately came to mind was, so I was with my first employer. We had a gentleman who we had seen before, or at least he had been in our clinic before. Maybe he saw one of the other PTs, but he was, I think, I think he, but he had some sort of like early onset dementia or something going on. He definitely wasn't a hundred percent there. Perfectly pleasant gentleman to work with. He was a nice enough guy. Um, you could definitely just tell he wasn't like a hundred percent mentally there you know he was kind of like 
Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but there would be times where he would like, um, yeah, I remember one time he went to my PT and asked what it was like to die. And there were just like certain like red flags that I was like, what? Like, what is going on? There's another time where we asked him to sit up. Yeah, he was laying on the table and we asked him to sit up and he literally couldn't do it. Like it took, it was a dependent transfer with me and another PTA to get him from supine to sitting. And it was like a solid effort from both of us to get him up. And he wasn't a, he wasn't a huge guy, but it was still just like out of nowhere. He just like totally lost all motor control. And we were like, something is wrong here. Um, yeah. So, and we heard, so the, um, he and his wife were both like not doing great health wise. So we were encouraging the daughter, like, Hey, you know, something isn't right here. Like something needs to be done. And uh, she told us that he had been cleared by cardiology, neurology, and his PCP. All three of them said, Oh yeah, he's fine. And I'm like, no, there's mm -hmm. no, that's not right. There's definitely something off here. Like we were like checking his blood pressure. We were checking like his, his pulse ox. Like we were looking at everything. And I don't know where, I don't remember where she ended up taking him, but she called in one day and said, yeah, so he, they think he's had pneumonia for like the last month. And, uh, yeah, I think he had an abscess in his stomach that they had to remove as well. And it was like one of those, like, like, well, no wonder, like he had like two major health events going on that everyone totally ignored because they're like, well, it's just a little off. Like he's gotta be like this, like, you know, it was yeah. just like one of those, like, yeah, you know, that is crazy. So, yeah. So he, he, he did end up, I think he, unfortunately he did end up passing away about a month after that. That was not very much longer after, but I, I'm even after he passed away, his daughter like brought us in like all these baked goods and stuff just mm -hmm. as like, a, like thank you for like, not just ignoring all of his symptoms and being like, Hey, like you need to do something like, um, cause you know, three other medical disciplines had basically said he was fine. And we were like, no, that's that definitely something is not right here. Like, um, so she was, you know, obviously was grieving the loss of her father, but then also she was like, you know, thank you for like continuing to care for him and like pushing me to like, can like look for something more and like for a second opinion rather. So, um, so yeah, in terms That's of, awesome. uh, in terms of a challenging case, that was that one at the time was like, okay, like something's not adding up here. Where's the, where's the, uh, where's the, the shoe going to drop? So. Yeah. Were you treating no. him that day or was, was it the PT? Which day? The one where we had to dependent <laughs> transfer him or yeah, the, 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 the day yeah, he asked about transfer. the I, I don't remember who. Well, like I said, in that clinic, it was kind of like a dual thing. So like, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, we had we had a, a PTA there who was part-time health who she and I were the ones who were like kind of lifting him up. I don't remember what the PT was doing. He he might've been in an eval at that time, actually. I'm not sure, but I never definitely told him like, Hey, you need to like, come look at him. Like he's <laughs> something not right here that the two of us just had to like literally manually lift him up to get him to sit up in bed. So. That's so crazy. Yeah. It, but like at the same time, you don't know how much pain he could have been in and he probably yeah, was in absolutely. a lot of pain. And, you yeah. know, even though he passed away a couple months, you know, maybe you guys made that slightly better because again, yeah. he at least started getting treated for some of this stuff. And so, yeah. um, you, you, that's why it's, it's important not to give up on patients. Yeah. I've, I've I been in the boat. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lot of value to what we do just even as medical professionals, because mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, how many patients do you guys see where they come in and they're like, yeah, I saw the doctor for about three minutes and 45 seconds. 
and we are face to face with them for like an hour plus sometimes. So we yeah. probably see them the most face to face out of, you know, how many different medical different dis disciplines combined, you know? Um, yeah, you can add up to like 50 doctor's appointments and I still probably have seen that patient longer than they have in one day. So, um, yeah. at least just in terms of face to face time, but, um, you know, I think there are definitely things that we might catch on a little differently because, you know, if they're in to see the doctor for their shoulder and you know, then there's something else going on. The doctor is not going to look for other things. They might just look at the shoulder and say, all right, you're fine and walk out the door. So mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard countless stories about that and I've had it happen multiple times in my career where there's like something more going on and, but nobody really just caught it. So it was up to us to find, kind of figure out what was going on there. So. Yeah. yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. Like we had a, a similar case with a patient who had a, a UTI that went undiagnosed yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. like you said, like since we see them so much, yeah. the yeah. the patients, you know, it's different. Uh, caregiver, like their family came to us instead of like, hey, can you guys, you've treated him three times a week. You know his demeanor. Yeah. You know what he's normally like. Yep. Do you see a change and should I get it um, checked out? And it's just like you said, like it's because we see them so often and we can detect those subtle differences versus a PCP who sees them for yep. a couple minutes. And it's like, no, mm, he's sure. just, like you said, maybe a little off. Like, no, there was definitely some mental changes. He's definitely not recalling yeah, as much as time. he normally does when, yeah, he does have a little bit of memory loss here and there, but it was definitely enough of a change for us to be like, yeah, we think you're right. Like, go get it checked out. And, Yep, he had a UTI for who knows how long, and they had to get it addressed. He was in rehab for like a month and a half or two months because he mm -hmm. was bed bound. And yeah, that's one of those things that they definitely come looking for us because we see them for a couple hours, multiple times a week. So so true. You, you, pr you prompted and and so say you're. This will start a cycle. You prompted another story that I just thought of too. And I'm just going to like go overload you guys with stories at the end of the podcast here, but go for um, it. Go for I it. Had, I had, we love story times. Yeah, I had. So the UTI story I thought of, I was on my two care clinical for PTA school. Uh, one of my good friends who's a PT for my second employer, and I actually got to work with him a couple of times and we worked together at our first, my first employer. Um, the first time I ever met him was he was a student at PT school on his first clinical at this acute care facility, which was in one of the big hospitals in the area. Right. So we had a lady who had a UTI. Um, she had gotten into an argument with her husband about going to church, even though it was a Tuesday and apparently had backed through her garage door. And, uh, like, you know, and you just, yeah, just, yeah, like the, the garage door was closed and she went to back out of the garage and just like blew through the door. Yeah. That was the story that I heard from one of the nurses about like how she got her there. Yeah. That's one of the most expensive UTI. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, like Ken was saying, like mentally, it, it can mess with you mentally. Like it's, it oh, will it can. mess you up. Yeah, it is absolutely true. And so a lot of times because he and I were both young in our 20s, like we would be, you know, you know, the old little ladies that didn't want to move for anyone else, they would send the two of us in after them because like, oh yeah, I'll move for you, of course. So mm -hmm. we, they sent, they sent us in after her and she was not moving. She was like, you know, we were, you know, just like she kept trying. So they actually had to disconnect that she, that each room had a landline phone. They actually had to disconnect her landlines from, you know, from the jack in the wall because she kept trying to call the police. 
So Jeez. she was like, I'm not moving until I call, I've talked to the police, yada, yada, yada. So we're like, we've got to think of something to get this lady to move. So we called hospital security and said, Hey, could you send somebody up and just pretend to be the police? Like you've got badges. Like once she going to know the difference, right? So they did. And they, they came up. They, they came brilliant. up and they're, yeah, they, they came up and then talked to her and they said, you know, these people are just trying to help you. Like they're just trying to, you know, help you get moving and stuff. Like it's okay. And after that, she was fine. She, after she heard that from hospital security, technically, she was totally good. Um, yeah, and that was so that learned, that was I, I would yeah. never have, honestly, I don't think I ever would think of something like that. But if you ever yeah. have a patient who refuses to move without, just you know, talk, knowing it's talk to good. the police. Yeah. Yeah. Just call hospital security and just say, Hey, you just pretend to be the police. And some of them even have uniforms that look like they're on the police force too. So yeah. and it's, it's a pretty convincing. I, uh, the end, the end of that story is I actually ended up one of the two hospital security members that came up. I actually ended up working with her at my, with my current employer. So oh, I was one of the couple and I was still a floater. I ended up, yeah, you know, it was a clinic about 20 minutes world. away from my house. Yeah. It was this, it was, yeah, we're back in the small world where you know everybody. Right. So I was talking to her and, you know, I usually lead with like, where are you from? What do you do for a living? And she had told me she was a retired police officer, but was doing security at the one hospital. And I'm like, do you really? And I was like, Hey, and I told her that story and she was like, I was there for that. Like, I remember answering that call and going up to the room and literally just standing there and like taking notes and stuff like that, pretending like she was taking notes and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is, <laughs> that that's, that's, perfect. that's perfect that he remember doing that too. And then we were like, we just wanted her to move off the chair. Like we just wanted her to transfer or maybe she was in bed and we wanted her to transfer from the bed to the chair and she wouldn't even do that for us. And, but she was like, yeah, yeah, I remember doing that. I just stood there and like pretended I was writing and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Fun times. That is so good. That is so, man, I kind of wish I was there for that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely interesting. That's for sure. My favorite is like, you came home hot and they're like, oh, what'd you do today? Well, you know, we had to call the police on a patient. Yeah. But like not the real police, yep. like the hospital police to pretend to be the police for this patient to believe. <laughs> like that'd be such a it's funny a story a to go home to. <laughs> yeah. All right. 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 You, you talk to me into one more. One more and then I'll 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 stop yeah. rambling. So <laughs> one more. That or that or maybe we'll have to do part two of an episode sometime. Right. We'll just story time. One. Yeah, it's just more story times. So first employer I worked for. We worked in like this little strip mall area where there was a, you know, like a, like a retail store on one end. And then there was used to be a restaurant on the other end, but there was a couple of stores in this little strip mall area. And I had a patient who was, he was ambulatory, but he had, he was pretty like short distance. Like he'd only, he could only go so far with his, with his, uh, with his walker. So I would help him out to his car. Like they would bring the car up front and I would like help him. Yeah. I was, I was he was like contact guard assist at most like he wasn't that bad but i would at least make sure he got into the car okay and you know then you know move on his way so at the end of his appointment happened i am going to help this guy into his car and we're like right outside the front of the clinic and there's this gentleman walking from the store like right next to us and he's like cutting across the parking lot for this place was huge all right and He's cutting across diagonally towards, you know, like walking in front. He like walked in front of us and then was like just walking on his way. And out of nowhere, this white SUV pulls up and slams on the brakes in front of him. Two cops jump out of the SUV and point point tasers at the guy until say freeze, like don't leave. 
to the guy that was just walking in front of his minding his own business. And he's just stands, he like freezes for a second, then he takes off running. They one jumps in the car and drives after him, but they the other one took off on foot after him. And this all happened like 10 feet away from me, where I'm just trying to help this guy into his car. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> holy crap. You're like, just wait, another what's day. Outcome, I, was I want to know the outcome. Yeah. So he, he, he eventually, he made it like, that he made it diagonally across the parking lot. But then I, you know, after I helped a guy into his car, I looked around and like every single entrance in and out of the parking lot, there were cops at it. So they, they had the whole perimeter sealed they off. They had right something that already set up, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they got to do like my own thing, trying to help him yeah. in the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But just the, yeah, you know, like I walked back inside. Dude, yeah. I walked back inside and the, the friend, the buzzes, the ladies at the front desk were like, what just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Like the, the guy, they, I don't know, they looked like they were after this guy and they just took off running after him. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Are you just- <laughs> that is great. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I like literally though. Can you imagine if they had accidentally like, or they had pulled out guns instead of like the taser? Oh yeah. And you're trying yeah. to help the patient in, but you're like yeah. then about to be in a standoff. I'd shove that patient yeah. in and be like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> hid behind That's the car. Yeah, I'm seriously. surprised they didn't fire off the tasers. Yeah. <laughs> no, they uh, somebody calling your clinic after hours, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so Ken, <laughs> so uh, everybody on the podcast, uh, Ken is had a patient late and so he's actually recording from his clinic right now so he's very surprised it's probably you know you know it's that one patient by the way calling to cancel for their appointment for tomorrow they want to get in oh, yeah. always yeah, <laughs> yeah always. you just want to leave a voicemail yeah. exactly. that like, scared me for a second I was like yeah. what time is it I don't even recognize well, I was like yeah. well, who's, whose phone's going on I kind of forgot you were there till right now so on that note though yeah. we should probably let Ken get home <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. guys, you guys have to go. To, you guys have to go to dinner. Uh, it is ten thirty East Coast time, so I should probably yes. go to bed oh, at that geez. point. Yeah. Exactly. But again, thank yeah. you so much, Pat, for yes, coming thank on. You, this thank was you. a blast. Yeah, and giving us. Yeah, thanks opinion. for having me on. Yeah, you're, appreciate yeah. it. We'll uh, we'll definitely you're, do you're a part natural. two sometime. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it'll sound that I, it'll, it'll sound way better to everybody else, hopefully, than to me. But. <laughs> but um yeah so guys don't forget to check us out on instagram youtube um if you guys are interested go ahead and shoot us a message uh again pat uh we put it out there on instagram and he was willing to share some of his stories and this is how we got connected and we appreciate it again because we're just trying to give all point of views and different how everybody settings, goes about areas, things differently states, different yep, settings different information and just how PTA is and so we really really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing especially to you Pat coming on and taking that leap of faith in us and joining us uh, we honestly had a blast we will go for part two of story time with Pat because I feel like Pat's got the best story so far uh, so we're going to definitely have to hit that but uh, thank you again and then I think yeah, until absolutely. next time guys 